Mr. Simpson. Mr. Simpson. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. We were talking about chocolate? That was ten minutes ago. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes that nobody gets anymore Facebook page and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How are you feeling, man? I'm fantastic. I had a massage today. Yeah? Re- yeah. You know, I don't know if they have these in America, but you know those little, like, Chinese-Asian massage places where they just... Chinese-Asian. Like- <laughs> well, then some often they're Chinese, but I'm sure there are other members of the Orient who are also involved in massages. Yeah. I'm getting that. But, like, you know, they're the real hard ones. They're generally found in shopping centers, 10 bucks for a 10-minute shoulder massage or something like that. I actually thought while I was in there getting my back twisted in all sorts of ways that I never thought possible of a fantastic sketch idea. And it would be set in Guantanamo Bay and there'd be a terrorist that they've been interrogating. Like, they're waterboarding him. They're applying electrodes to his testicles or whatever it might be. And the guy's just not cracking. He's not giving the information. So, like, the the big sergeant gets the guy over in the corner, like, gets his offsider in the corner. It's like, do you think it might be time for the... No, you can't really mean... Yeah, yeah. How long? 20 minutes. And then the door opens, and it's just a guy from Happy Hands who comes in. <laughs> 15 seconds of massage. Just like, I give up! I concede! <laughs> I remember I went for a neck massage once, and it ruined me. Yeah. <laughs> just, this is too rough, man. I don't know why I do it. It's like laying on a bed of nails. That it's, it's less that it feels good, and it's more that your central nervous system shuts down, and you feel numb from the waist up. Well, back massages, to me, feel really good. Mm. But I just can't deal with people pushing really deep into my neck. Yeah. I hate it, man. It just yeah. feels weird. Yeah, that's awful. And the, But I keep going back. It's stupid. The, the guy that's in there speaks maybe five or six words of English, and none of them seem to be a little lighter, please. <laughs> I tell you what, they're efficient, though. They don't go a second above or below whatever you've asked for. You're, they must have a timer, obviously. I, I assume they do, but they do a very good job of keeping it out of sight. It's called looking at the clock. Because for me, it's like it's a magic act. <laughs> yeah. Well, what episode are we here to review today? You've had a great joy with saying the title. Uh, Burns sells the plant. <sighs> you ruined it. I've ruined it. <laughs> hey, Burns for Coffin the Craftwork. Isn't it the power plant? No, it's just the plant, I think. Craftwork is maybe. I don't know. I'm pretty I'm, sure it's just the, just the plant. Yeah. I thought it was the power plant. Anyway, know. I'm probably wrong. But uh, yeah, it's a an episode when I was a kid, never really liked so I didn't really go into it with really good um intentions for this episode. I didn't really okay. expectations weren't very high for it. Yeah. Loved it. I think it's great. I no, I now understand why it has so much hype. It's sort of like how I reacted to uh, "You Only Move Twice." Just one of those yeah, episodes right. when I was a kid, didn't really like "You Only Move Twice," but now absolutely love it. Obviously, yeah. Well, that's fair. I, I, I mean, when I look back on it, the main things that I remembered were the obviously it's the Land of Chocolate episode and and the yeah. Um, that, but that's to me like it's like when you approach a Guns N' Roses fan and it feels dirty if you say your favorite song is "Welcome to the Jungle." It's like that's the part everybody knows. Yeah, yeah it's, that part when is funny fav- and it's classic, but it's been beaten to death. When to your me. favorite song should be "Sweet Child of Mine." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. November Some, Rain is something more obscure <laughs> that ever gets played on radio. <laughs> yeah, but um, so you didn't really like the episode very much. No, I, I didn't say that. It was more that I didn't remember as much about it, and I think it's another one where because there's not much going on the way of B plot. It's like a lot of the episodes where there's just one story from start to finish tend to be the ones where in my head I don't remember that the, the certain jokes come from that episode. So, yeah, like it's just one of those that I, I get to rediscover things and go, oh, yeah, just in my head I'd never connected 
that moment with this episode? I think I, because I avoided it so much and I went in, like you said, I didn't know much. I couldn't remember much about the episode either. I think that's why I liked it more because I felt like I was watching it again for the first time. Yeah. Like there was just so much about the story. I, I couldn't remember. I just, it didn't even cross my mind that Homer got fired. I don't remember that part of the story at all. Yeah, neither, neither did I. For some reason, going into it, I had the impression that the Germans came in and were actually evil. And they were doing something shifty, which is why Burns wanted to get the plant back. Yeah, right. Where it's, ac- it's actually that everyone would have been better off if the Germans had a state in control. That's kind of the comedy that comes in. It yeah. that they come in and they are legitimately so nice. And, and you sort of watch it, thinking, okay, when when's you know where's the catch? Because they're yeah. being so nice, but yeah. there was no catch. They were no. just friendly Germans. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, a really well written episode. Perhaps I'm not saying it right. <laughs> yeah, it's like so we polite. Just need to speak to you for a minute. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I did also think. That there was two things I've noted here. Mm. The the score was really well done in this episode. Yeah, for certain okay. key scenes, the music cues were perfect. For example, when Marge is sort of saying, "You know, we've never had a savings account. We're going to yeah, be all right." The, the music cue there, perfect. It, it almost went like Frank Capra style, old fashioned Hollywood. Like, yeah, like Feel there was a Christmas story. Like, oh my god, yeah, the Simpsons are turning around. Yeah, yeah. my favorite scene in the whole episode. I don't know what yours was when Bart goes to Moe's and starts seeing the teddy starts, bears had the yep, picnic. Yep. It just really emphasized. The innocence of a kid can bring so much joy to the people who have such shit lives. Yeah. You know, they were just so happy to have this child there and having so much fun. In fact, I will go so far as to say that all bars should have a 10-year-old boy that dances on them. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it should be mini, slightly less sexy, coyote ugly. It was just a side of Bart that we really haven't seen up to this point. He just became a kid. Yeah, he did. Know? And yeah, just a kid performing for adults. And, and he probably... And he was having the time of his life, which I loved mm. as well. But I just love Mo's reaction to it. This is a pick. This one, like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. The irony is that he was the one that just gave him the prank phone call. Yeah. Obviously, but yeah. I know that voice. One of my, I completely forgot about that scene. And when they all started cheering after he finished the song, I was just cracking up laughing. Yeah. It was great. Well, my favorite thing through that as well is that Homer was asleep through all of it, just in the background. <laughs> I, that was one thing that I'd, again I'd forgotten about, and I really laughed hard when I just saw him there, just yeah. completely unconscious on the bar. It's just Mo's reaction, L- little Bart Simpson. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so great. <laughs> And then the Bart joins in to beat the shit out of Burns with, with yeah. the adults. Oh, yeah, it's great. We're, we'll get into that later in the review anyway. But the um, other thing actually about this episode that I loved was the Burns and Smithers moments. More <laughs> so than anything yep. else in the episode, that absolutely shone for me as being the the greatest Burns and Smithers interactions that we've seen. And it kicks off with the very first thing that we see in the episode. So that's as good a segue as any to actually start the review. Sure, should we get into some facts first? Usually do the oh, facts. Oh, you do like the, the facts, I'm sorry. No, do you want to do the facts at the end? I should do them first. No, no, do them first. People expect them. <laughs> People are freaking out. This is where I just get to switch off for a little bit and occasionally go, hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, one more thing that I thought about the episode before we get into the facts is that mm. I think that the, the family interaction in this episode was really well written as well. Mm. Each character... <laughs> each character... <laughs> <laughs> reacted perfectly to the scenes when they were getting screwed over. Yeah, that's true. They really felt like a, you're watching a family, a middle class family who, you know, it's only $5,000, but they were so happy, you know? Yeah. It's just a real struggle. Just the idea of that line she has of like, we'll, we'll start a savings account. We've never had We've one. We've never had those. one. Like yeah. the excitement in the voice it's, and the music as well, as I said. Yeah, just a great interaction there. So a few facts before we get into the review. Phil Hartman voiced a couple of characters in this. Do you know who? I do because you've. This is uh, setting a new record for the earliest that you've stolen one of my trivia questions. <laughs> okay. um, he, I know that he played the voice uh, of the stockbroker. Yes, and um, the fat German Horst. Oh, he was a fat German. Yes, yeah, of course. Apparently, he was in there, and they thought it was just convenient the fact that he knew how to do a bit of. But knew how to do a German accent. So, yeah, he can do it as yeah, well. A comedy German accent at the very least. We need someone to do a character. Get Phil. Yeah. He's already here. Yeah. Good. 
<laughs> still here? Yeah, he'll do it. We don't have to pay him cab charge. Uh, the original story was not Germans. It was the Chinese. But- Japanese. Japanese, was it? Okay. Yep. And obviously the producers felt that was too cliched. They thought it was going to come in and take over. Yeah, and that's why it's cliched for them. I mean, Japanese nuclear power, Godzilla, blah, blah, blah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, there was a reference, a couple of German references oh, in here. that little thing called Hiroshima. I don't know if that... Yeah. <laughs> um, if, for history buffs out there that might remember that. What is the reference where Diamond Joe says, Ich bin ein Springfield? Uh, referencing JFK's famous speech, Ich bin ein Berliner. He said, well, he kind of wrote it down in his own phonetic pronunciation. So I think it was, again, it was just one of those Americanizing a German word. The way that the Germans would say, I am from Berlin, is not necessarily the same way that he said it. Okay. Like, but so his. It was embarrassing nonetheless. His interpretation <laughs> is, I am a Berliner. Yeah. As yeah. in, like, I am an Australian. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it, it yeah, it, there is some. He had good intentions. Up. That's all that matters. Of course he did. <laughs> but yeah, I like, uh, in his speech, you could actually see the way that the, the way that he had written Berliner was like, um, B double E R, so beer. Yeah. Um, or, or was it B or bear or something along those lines? And then like L double E N A Berliner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ben Ein Berliner. Uh, in this episode, one of the greatest speeches of all time. Sorry, it is That's one of the most famous, of course. Yeah. In this episode, the producers decided to start stressing the relationship between Smithers and Burns, as we touched on just before. Yeah. Originally, there was a two-minute scene involving the two, but the writers decided to cut it down considerably, and it was the final scene where Burns comes back and you know the scene where he stabs the knife into the, the piggy? Yeah. That was meant to be a really long-winded speech, but it just got cut short due to time, obviously. Yep. Uh, the producers also noted that there's a few f- uh, mistakes in the episode, the constant flux of the Simpsons' economic state. So, in one moment, Homer opens his wallet and it's full of cash, and the next, apparently, they've never had a savings account. Yeah, okay. like That doesn't really make sense, guys, but they left it in anyway. Yeah. The others was... The, uh, the animators also included a character other than Lenny or Homer who had a beard line, which really pissed oh, the producers did they? off. I didn't yeah, notice that. Just like a sub character just in the background. Just in the background. And apparently, they weren't very happy about that at no. all. No, for obvious reasons. Um, and in the land of chocolate scene. Now, this sequence was storyboarded by an animator going by the name of Kevin O'Brien, who designed mm-hmm. it to be a parody of The Sound of Music originally. Originally, yeah, but yes. apparently that was just far too convoluted. Yeah, David Silverman, who did the next one, basically said he wanted it to be more original. He said, yeah. I don't want it to be a parody of something. I want it to be our own thing, basically. Yeah. You know? So, Silverman storyboarded the revised sequence and tried to make Homer deliriously happy, which my favorite part in that whole sequence is when he sort of, it's about three quarters through where he sort of shuffles his feet really close together. He's yeah. sort of like hunched up. That's the, the, the animation there is just brilliant. I absolutely love it. And in that sequence, it was supposed to have a road sign that read Hershey Highway. I read Highway. about this, the Hershey Highway. How amazing is that? <laughs> it would have been more amazing if the censors had have missed it. Oh, man. The Simpsons would just... I would applaud them nonstop if they had gotten away with this. Because basically, yeah. Hershey Highway means anal sex. Yes. And they knew that. Yeah. They were just hoping that the censors didn't. Yeah. So, they had to change it to Fudge Town, which is still funny. Hmm. But it's not Hershey's Highway. <laughs> no. <laughs> Imagine if they had got away with that. That would be like a still shot that would just go on down in infamy. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I don't know, like, it, over time, would that mean that that'd be one that would get cut out of reruns, though? Nah. Might ruin the, the whole land of chocolate I vibe. think it'd be a BuzzFeed article. That time the Simpsons got away with mentioning <laughs> anal sex. <laughs> Before we get into today's review, just want to thank a couple of the donors that came through this week. As always. Yes, yeah, so thanks to Brad Jennings, Don Pudlowski. Pudlowski. Like, it's like Leon Kampowski, whatever his name is. The uh, Michael Jackson. Garbage <laughs> driver, yeah. The garbage driver. Was he a truck driver? 
No, no, he was the guy impersonator of Michael Jackson. Yeah, but wasn't he a truck driver in his day to day life? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, Jennifer McKenzie, Jared Kerr, Cameron McCormack, and from Joan and Rose. Jesus, how many have we had this week? A lot. We're rich. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> That's very sweet of you all. We really do appreciate the support. If you want to chuck a couple of dollars our way, you don't have to, but we do appreciate it. It's fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. Once again, Joan and Rose, Cameron McCormack, Jared Kerr, Jennifer McKenzie, Don Pudlowski, and Brad Jennings. Is that P-U-D or P-O-O? P-U-D-L-O-W-S-K-I. Great name. Pudlowski? Really great name. Like, I imagine Pudlowski would have been... Like, if you were playing stickball in the 30s. Pudlowski. Exactly. He's the first one. Oi, Pudlowski! Sounds like a baseball player, doesn't he? Yeah. So, the original air date was December 5th, 1991. The chalkboard gag was, the Christmas pageant does not stink. And the couch gag, Santa's little helpers on the couch. When the family approach, he gets angry and snarls, and they back away slowly. Mm-hmm. So, the episode kicks off with Smithers pampering Burns, washing his hair. And Mr. Burns, he's not very happy, sort of depressed. He's feeling down. And it wasn't until I went back and watched it again a second time that I realised that Burns actually cried. A tear comes out of his eye. Yeah. And sort of... Solitary tear. Burns is really melancholy. Yeah. And I love... Like, even that... Like, you know, it's sad. No more tears. Yeah, yeah. Like... Ah, lovely promise, but one beyond the powers of a mere shampoo. Like, it's, you know, just taking everything to the extreme emotional end. He's just in a way now that... He feels, I guess you could say he's wasting his final years. He feels the plant's become too much effort for him. It's wa- he's wasting too much of his time mm. running the plant. He needs something else he's to do. A, he's a little bit jaded. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of hit his autumn years. I did like the line where he says, I, I did have dreams of wiping out nations with the stroke of a pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love the most, though, is and it, it, beyond any joke in that scene, I just love that that scene exists, that they've given this peak behind what's going on at the power plant realistically for the first time. Like any other time Smithers has been with Burns so far, it's been about business or, you know, it was about Marge painting him, but effectively that was for business as well. It was all for the plant. Whereas this is purely, he's at home. No, he might not, he's not even at home because later he's still got wet hair in the power plant. The opening shot is at the power plant. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just, just shampooing his hair. Yeah. Like what What's it, left of it? I just yeah, that's true. I just love that that was included. It was such a tender moment between the two. I think Burns was really well written as a likable character in this episode. There was not one portion where he was evil, like apart even, from the fact where he realised that they didn't fear him anymore. His whole motivation for coming back was evil. I guess you could say that's evil. Yeah, I do agree with that. But you you couldn't say that the business deal he made at the end was evil. That was just smart. Mm. That was the first time we'd seen genuine smart businessman Burns. Yeah, that's not true. just evil. I have more money than you. It's yeah. you know, ooh. I have the upper hand here. I'm going to take advantage of it, which yeah. any person would, and he rightfully did so. So, uh, he basically says, oh, before he decides to sell the plant, snap at the alligator. Do you want to elaborate on this? <laughs> yes, this is pretty funny. So, uh, Smith is bringing out Snappy, a little uh, hand puppet, just to just to get through to him. So, it's that thing of like, he doesn't want to talk. Well, maybe you don't want to talk to me, but maybe you want to talk to Snappy the alligator. Like, it's that whole, it's exactly how you would treat a kid. Yeah. It reminds me... For all you Australian listeners out there, remember Harold the Giraffe? Yeah, yeah, I in, remember in the, Harold in the, the life advance. So, for non-Australians, they would Harold was a little... Well, he was a puppet giraffe that would travel from school to school and teach you about the central nervous system. I mean, if, if a woman just got up the front of a class and started talking about it, you wouldn't be interested. But this was a fucking giraffe, man. Yeah, <laughs> with a all human for it. name. You were all for I it. Could, <laughs> I didn't have to call him Mr. Giraffe. He was Harold. And, and when he got to, like, grade four or five... You started to realise this isn't a real giraffe, mm. but you bought into it. It's like when I watch wrestling. I know that shit ain't real, but I buy into it. If I could 
delve into psychoanalysis on Burns here for a moment, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. what that what that says about him, that Smithers gets through to him with that alligator. We know in future episodes, uh, Bobo in particular, that Burns didn't ever have much of a childhood. So, emotionally, Smithers tapping into him as a child brings him back to those happier years. And Burns hasn't really been happy since he was about six years old. So, you know, Smithers has got his little alligator type thing to be able to crack back into him, and that's how he gets him to open up. And Burns even says, you know what, Snappy? Like, he talks to him as if he's a real thing. Yeah, (laughs) so it it goes beyond just being a funny joke. It's also a very kind of legitimate insight to the psyche of Mr. Burns. Well, Smithers bites himself in the ass here, because he doesn't want Burns to sell the plant, Mm. but he sort of plants the seeds for it. I think he says something along the lines of, Sounds like you're starting to resent the plant, sir, or something like that, as, as Snappy the Alligator. And he goes, you know what? I am. Mm. I think it's time I sold the old girl. And he's like, oh, what have I done? Yeah. But I did like Smithers in this episode in the fact that they didn't have him try and stop Burns from wanting to be happy. He let him go, yeah. despite how upset he was about he made about the decision. About himself, yeah. Yeah. So, cut to Homer putting in a dodgy $1 note into the into machine. The machine. And it wouldn't work. And Smithers thinks that he's upset because of what Mr. Burns had just said. Yeah, what's fantastic. Now, there's an, a genius bit of animation that only... Or a sight gag that only lasts for about a second in here. It's yeah. as Mr. Burns walks past in that scene. Did you notice it at all? No, maybe. I don't, not off the top of my head, no. Okay, so it's the way his towel's positioned on his head. No. He's got it all, all twirled up, up at the top, like a like a woman with long hair would do. Really? Yeah. So, on it, in the part of his head that is entirely bald, that's where it's all wrapped up, and his wet hair is still dangling out <laughs> oh, the back. Really? <laughs> I didn't even say that. That is really good. It's just that <laughs> ego thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was really funny. But anyway, yeah, back to what you were saying. So Smithers thinks that Homer's upset about it all going on, and and how he's sort of um, crying, trying to get the vending machine. And I love the line from Smithers again because there's, it's almost like it's showing care to Homer, but it's more about just this complete obliviousness to what's really going on because he's so concerned about Burns. Like, good, good, try to eat something, <laughs> something, yeah. And then Homer does, I'm assuming, but then he gets a phone call from his stockbroker. Yeah. Shifty looking man, this dude was. Oh he? man, what is he set up in? <laughs> it's like Better Call Saul style, just set up in Worse, a basement, man. set up in a tiny office out the back of a nail salon or something. Just that real sweaty, thin hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just punch that up on the computer. Newspaper. <laughs> Newspaper. <Yeah. laughs> I just got here. It looks rough, but um, Homer, he tells Homer that he actually has shares mm. that he got ten years ago. For, s- for signing over certain legal rights. Waiving constitutional rights. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, he wants to make a deal with Homer, but he says he has to do small talk first, so they do a bit of banter yeah, back The and book forth. says. Good, <laughs> good, we're friends now, you trust me? All yeah. right. <laughs> Homer's reaction, if you sell now, you get $25. Sell, sell, sell! Yeah. <laughs> He's so happy with himself. Like, $25. And the longer this goes on, and when you start seeing the family's reaction once they see it on TV, I felt so sorry for Homer. Yeah. And I felt so sorry for them. No one's going to walk way. in too. Oh, it's because he's so proud of himself. I love, <laughs> I love the way he imagines, imagines what he could do with 25 bucks and it's a haircut. It's so mm, luxurious. Hammer. <laughs> so, it cuts to the family home. Bart's watching Ooh, Itchy and heart Scratchy. Wax. Yes, heart wax, yes. Um, Bart's watching Itchy and Scratchy. To me, in this episode, you see the violence, but you don't see it fully because Scratchy's facing away from the camera. Yeah. And Itchy just nails a, a, a nail through his head. Yeah. To me, that's more... Shocking because you know actually, I don't know I was just more taken aback by it. I don't know why. Did it maybe feel more real because it, it wasn't because I didn't see as it. over the top. Yeah, because it wasn't over the top. I'm like, whoa, nail through the head, and yeah. you just heard him scream as opposed to seeing. It. I don't know. I don't know why it got to me. It didn't get to me, but I don't know why it 
shocked me more than a normal itchy scratchy cartoon would. Yeah, oh, it could be that. I mean, you watch a Tarantino film these days, and the violence is so over the top that it's not really confronting because it's more done for shock value. Like it's, it's deliberately Kill done Bill. for shock value. Yeah, so you know that's not real. Yeah. Whereas, if you watch, I showed you recently L.A. Confidential, and there's this without spoilers. There's a scene where a, a very influential and fantastic yeah, actor yeah. that's won two Academy Awards. Sorry. Um, gets killed in that, and it's so subtle and understated that you feel like you're watching someone die. Like, you want to almost... You want to be there with him. You're like, don't, don't, don't go. Don't let the light go out. That is the brilliance of that man, though. Yeah. (laughs) But that's kind of what that's about. Like, sometimes understated can be worse. So then Marge has learned about the stock. I think Patty and Selma told her. Cuts to the news. How great is the Burns Worldwide logo? A family embracing a random mushroom yeah, crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so good. But they're just basically saying, I think it's, what, 52... It's gone up... It's Basically, it's worth $5,200 now. $5,200. I think it went up 500 and something percent. And Marge is obviously over the moon because of this. Homer then... But imagining what he can do with $5,200. Oh, yeah, the monster truck. Jetpack. Yeah, the jetpack. Was there three things or just two things? Uh, there was a third... Uh, chocolate Frosty-Os or something oh, yeah. like that. Which apparently was a throwback according to Wikipedia, to a Tracy Ullman short. Oh, it okay. a similar thing. Yeah, right. Day. Yeah. So, Custer Homer now, he's spending his $25 win. Yep, on Duff's <laughs> private reserve. Mo's so startled. He's like, <gasps> Are you sure? Because once I open a the bottle, there's no refund. What I found was even funnier. When he pulls out the 20, Mo's even more shocked. Yep. Oh, my God, that's $20. Yep. <laughs> 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 Okay, it's a big deal. And this is where I said here, I really feel sorry for his stupidity because he's like so proud of himself. Buy low, sell high. That's what I say. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my motto. I'm just going to retire and play the stock market. <laughs> he's just so proud of himself. And I'm thinking, you don't know what's coming. I feel so bad for you. Um, the Germans over here, this is where we meet the Germans. We are from Germany. He is from the east. I am from the west. I had a big company and he had a big company. Now we have a very big company. I did like, though, that their intention was to actually come and buy the Cleveland Browns. Okay. <laughs> 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 a hundred million. They just opened the briefcase. Oh, we'd still have enough left over. Yeah, yeah, because they, they, they only overheard this deal. They're like, I suppose we could do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, while, while we're in town. Yeah. What were they doing in Springfield to buy the Cleveland Browns? Don't ruin it, man. What were they doing in Moe's is a bigger question. Yeah, well, that's a good point. With, with like clearly with a suitcase full of money. <laughs> clearly over a hundred million dollars yeah. in a suitcase. Well, uh, Mo's getting excited about 25 bucks up the other end of the counter. Yeah. Uh, the family's excited. They're watching it all on TV. It's just, it's so awkwardly depressing. <laughs> for listeners out there, how many bottles of Duff Premium Reserve could they buy for $100 million? I can't be bothered doing the maths. Do it for me and send it in. How, how much was it a bottle? $20? Must be less. 20 or less because they only gave me 20 mm. Well, how are they supposed to work it out at the price? They're going to have to make assumptions. Okay, then. We'll see how much change Plus, we're gets. buying in bulk, so I want wholesale prices. Um, Homer's so proud of himself, as we said, as he walks in. He's like, oh, you heard the news? And Marge can't believe that. He, well, he says, I spent it all on beer. Yeah, like, yeah. You spent it all on beer? He's like, what? Points to the TV. How great is Bart here? Just kicks him up the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it'll make you feel better. And the, the dink sound when his head hits the yeah. TV. <laughs> it's, so, it's like, it's such a 90s joke because these days it wouldn't make that sound. Because they're not glass no. on the front like yeah, that are they anymore. No. Yeah, it's just so good. So Homer goes to work the next day, very depressed because he realizes he's fucked everything up. Mm. Now, here's the bit where apparently $5,200 buys you a fuck of a lot. In this, was what, this is what I thought. I thought, no, maybe they had more stock. Yeah, but why would they have more than Homer? Because Homer didn't know he was getting it in the first place. Maybe yeah, that, that's, that's that smart enough to know. Anything. Well, it said on the Wikipedia page that Homer makes 5200 where else his other co-workers made a small fortune. So I'm assuming they just expected us to assume that. I think that's just lazy writing, personally. 
It's just designed to rub it in in Homer's face. I know that, and, and I was thinking the same thing too. It, when I watched for me, it. I don't know why they didn't just make it fifty. $520,000. They could have made it... God, that's a big difference. (laughs) Yeah, but they could have made that any number. And Homer sold it early anyway, so it doesn't matter for him. At least then it makes sense that people are pulling up in Porsches, Mercedes, and permanent smile-inducing facelifts. But you can understand why uh, Marge wouldn't be so upset. It's only $5,200. It's a lot of money. Uh, But if it's $52,000, you wouldn't be forgiving him very soon. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I just think that that's what they had in mind. They just didn't explain it very well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Lenny's facelift. How good is it? <laughs> Yeesh, Lenny. Looks like you got the works. Well, it started out as an eye tuck, but the stock kept going up. Did you get the number plates, by the way? Because if you didn't, oh, that's my trivia question. Um, I didn't write them all down. I think one was like sell high or something like that. I've got them written down somewhere. Okay. You're probably right. But yeah, that's, <laughs> my, that's, that's my trivia question anyway. So try and think of that throughout the episode. So the workers all walk in and they see Burns on TV and they find out that he's going to meet with the Germans. Mm-hmm. His interview on the news is hilarious. They, I think they do a really good job on The Simpsons of making a on-the-spot news report sound seem real. Like, yeah. Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns, all these different, like, ten different voices all at once trying to get his attention. Yeah. But he, what, what does he say so I can look him straight in the eye and say, nine? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just an absolute prick of that scene. Say, even better to that, actually, is credit to Harry Shearer and the fact that he's playing Brockman interviewing Burns and he still manages to get that yeah. Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns, and like has the kind of rushed aspect to it and then Burns appearing flustered, well, not flustered, but like, a, oh, 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 yes. Yeah. Like, and like, yeah, it's... It, just incredible, given that he's having a three-way conversation with himself. If Smithers, talks. do you think he did it in one take, though? Yes. Well, let's just assume so. In the glory that is Harry Shearer, just that good. <laughs> the meeting they have, so good. I, I'm, I was impressed that uh, Burns knew German. I expected the subtitles to be wrong. Oh, I, okay. I expected him to be saying incorrect German, basically. Yeah. He might have been. I'm not too sure. No, I, I was, was going to say, do you actually know German? Were you validating this yourself no. as you were going along? Well, I studied it in year 12. I can't remember shit all about it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, Smithers doesn't know. Uh, I was he, saying off air, the only German I know is Schnell Schnell and Alarm yeah. from watching World War II movies. And you'd think Smithers would be the one that knows German and Burns not. Just from being educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but German, uh, so like Burns is off with Countess Ava Braun, or well, not Ava Braun, but like, you know, Burns is always making these references to dating 18th century German or middle yeah. European kind of women. So getting back to why the two Germans were in the, the bar, this is why they were in there, just for mm. the writer's sake. So they could have Homer reveal to them how much Burns is willing to sell the power plant for. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's the reason. Yeah. Um, cause and effect. Yes. So, $100 million. So they, they offer it to Burns. His reaction, priceless. Wer denken, wir haben ein sehr gutes Angebot? Du verspielst deine Zeit. I grudgingly accept. God damn amazing. And this is the other thing that I'd forgotten, <laughs> that Burns genuinely does go in, I think, with an intention to... N- to tell them to go away because he doesn't expect them to offer that much money yeah. and then he hits they just hit that figure and, and it's his facial expression what yeah <laughs> what he reads it yeah <laughs> it's that thing kevin pollock talks a lot about this about um for, from an acting standpoint like if you ever watch an actor in and they're in some piece of shit movie and you think god what were they doing a lot of the time it's because a hollywood producer hit that number it's like they will offer you these stupid sums of money and everyone has that number where they hit it and you just go <gasps> Fuck, that's the number. <laughs> you might not have even said beforehand, if they give me this, then I'll do it. It's more that they just give you that and you go, holy shit, I have to do it. What actor can you imagine doing that? 
what actor do you think went into like an interview not expecting to agree to do the part, like a big name actor, then got offered a sum of, a sum of money that they didn't expect, and they were like, holy shit. Michael Caine in Jaws the Revenge. Yes. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> There's no way you can read that script and want to do it. No. <laughs> So anyway, so the Germans are now own own the plant. They've got the big opening ceremony. Everyone's concerned, but I think Carlevin yeah. says they're going to bring their own people over. Like this yeah. isn't good. Yeah. The and they fl- cannot be more efficient. And the German flag goes up. It's a really well animated scene. Plus, this was another scene where the music cue was perfect. Mm. It just really, everyone was just really, really worried. No, they're bringing their own people in. Oh, this ain't good. We could all lose our jobs. Look at all those worried faces, except for Lenny. He looks great. This is the worst day of my life. Second best Lenny quote ever. What's the first one? Uh, my eye, I'm not supposed yeah, to get putting in it. it. Yeah, <laughs> or j- jigs in it. So, cut back from commercial and the workers are sort of just in a little meeting or they're waiting for the Germans to come in to talk to them. Yeah. And they're basically, they can't fire me, I'm important, I'm not yeah. popular. I love Homer here. Well, they can't fire me. Why? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> Amazing. Not, not even a whimper. Yeah, because you're waiting for something to come and then nothing. That's yeah. even better. It's great courage. To stick by that. Like, like five seconds of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. F- and it's the best way that it could have been done. Because he just, he had he had nothing. He doesn't even give it a, mm. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, just silence. You're waiting for that. And it's just that, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing. I haven't thought beyond this. <laughs> I was just joining in. <laughs> so, they walk in and immediately the, the character uh, horse was designed off the shorts from Hogan's Heroes yep. and he acknowledges Re- that reference, yeah. yeah and they're, and they're all yeah you're right he does we, we, and it was like they like him now yeah <laughs> because he looks like a TV I character I like he's thinking like they, you know what is, they sent me in here because I'm the least threatening yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's some great parallels in what happens here to the film Office Space where they were like where they have employees doing interviews to kind of justify why they shouldn't be fired in a big downsizing yeah. yeah. Now we get here the first sign that th- outside of Homer not knowing why he shouldn't be fired, we get the first sign that things aren't going to go well for Homer, and that's when, like, they have that leak coming in through the roof, just dripping into a little pot. And uh, I think there's a reference to the guy who's in charge of safety. It's like you're in charge of safety, Homer, and he's wearing a badge that says safety inspector. Yeah, yeah. They, they obviously just put that badge on it just for the gag. Yeah, but first time since Homer's Odyssey that this is referenced. So like this, you know, way back when Homer wanted to kill himself, he gets made in charge of safety and. You know, it's never spoken about ever again until this episode. So, I yeah. thought it was kind of cool that they actually linked back to it. I mean... Well, they had to at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but in a way... He's just been in set of 7G. That's because we had been talking about that at the time, going, come on, like they've made him safe inspector and that's the end of the episode and then they never talk about it again. But yeah. here they actually kind of validate that episode And a it backfires bit. on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well and truly. I did think it was funny too, the irony of the fact that home is the reason that everyone got fucked over in the end by mm. getting burns back. If Homer didn't arc up the burns at the end, then everyone would have been happy having the Germans in control. So yeah, Homer that's was, true. Homer was essentially the reason that everyone got fucked over in the end. Yeah, but he's also the reason that everyone made money. Why? Because Homer, be- Homer never tells the Germans about Burns selling the plant for $100 million. The Germans never try to take it over. Therefore, the stock never goes up. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so that, I'm trying to think. I thought it was before that scene, but you're right. Yeah, no, that is completely correct. Yeah. yeah. Now, we also get here... <laughs> this is a great gag again from someone working in a bank of Burns... De- trying to deposit the novelty check or like getting ready to deposit for deposit only CM Burns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is obviously the scene where he's saying his farewell to Smithers. And this is probably up to this point my favourite scene between Smithers and Burns. Okay. It's probably my favourite Mr. Burns scene up to this point. The way he reacts, it's just you see the real, a real personal side to Burns where he does the Elvis impersonation. Yeah, that it's was just, fantastic. It's just perfectly acted. It's just such great. 
interaction between Smithers, you know, just... Well, you see Burns talk to Smithers as an equal. Yes. And they're, that they're doesn't just, happen very mates. often. They're two mates in this episode, uh, yeah. in this scene. It's great. I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. And the fact that he, you know, I see that you've already always liked this photo, Smithers, so I thought you'd have it. He's, he's actually thought for Smithers for once, yeah. you know. And as we said, Smithers, he doesn't want Burns to go, but he just he lets him go anyway. Mm. And Burns on the way out, great animation of him flicking his hat. He's just he's he's ready to take on a new chapter. Take of on his the life. new a new world. All hobbies starting with B. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And then we get another good scene in the bedroom with Homer and Marge. Mm. You like these scenes, don't you? Uh, I do. <laughs> Sexy Marge again. Actually, I think she's she topless in say, this photo. I, I, think photo. Na- I think she's completely naked. Completely naked under the sheets. I just think it was just a nice, as you know, as cheap as it might seem. Women like to sleep naked. There's no shame in it. I, I sleep naked half the time. Like, mm. it's just, it just adds that sense of realism that this is a married couple. You know, Marge is just naked in bed. So, mm. what of it? Yeah. Just adds, makes the Simpsons seem more realistic by doing stuff like that. So, she sends home to do something to occupy his, you know, his mind. And she sends him to do a jigsaw puzzle. Gets the Battlestar Galactica jigsaw puzzle yeah. out. Trying to do it. Forces it in. Eventually gets it to fit. Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> There's one for the nerds, though. Battlestar Galactica reference. Yeah, yeah. What would that be doing in the house? What are either of them doing sitting down watching Battlestar Galactica? I can see Homer being a Battlestar fan. Yeah, okay. I don't know. He just comes across like a bit of a nerd. Yeah. Ooh, space rifles or something. <laughs> uh, so, he wakes up the next morning. He has to go to work. He has this meeting with the Germans. This is the, obviously leads to the infamous Land of Chocolate scene. Yeah. Now, that was 10 minutes ago. Yeah. The Land of Chocolate scene. Do we need to go into it? Everyone knows it's great. Uh, it's, it's, it's iconic. What it's, can we really do to cover it off? We mentioned it in the facts section of the podcast at the beginning is the, what went behind it. But of course, the, the fantastic joke of the store. Yeah, My like favourite part half of all. price. Wow, yeah. chocolate. Half price. Well, it's free everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but we must say, though, there's a reason it's so iconic because it is just perfectly written. The music's perfect for it. It's perfectly Homer. Perfectly, exactly. And well, with the joke, like you said, the half price joke. Yeah. I couldn't think of a joke like that. It's so simple yet so funny. Yeah, but um, it's yeah. just great. The, to the see animation's it, great as well. It's and it's great to see inside Homer's head. Yeah, and apparently that was pitched by Sam Simon. By the way, the original script didn't have didn't anything have there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's so much better that it is. And yep. the fact that this is his save yourself interview, and he's just off fantasizing about the land of chocolate. <laughs> He's the worst employee ever. The good thing about this scene too, about the music is, I think if you were walking through town, just say, and you had your, your iPod in and you heard this music, you just want to start dancing like Homer. Or skipping just, along with some rabbits. Does something to you, man. Yeah. Just makes you happy inside. <laughs> now, this is where Homer gets fired. Yeah. This is oh, well, part- before, oh, so, yeah, sorry, you're right. The, like in this scene where the, the boys are chatting and I love, uh, I think it's Lenny's line in there about... You know those Germans aren't so bad. Sure, they made mistakes in the past, but... Ah, that's why pencils have erasers. I did also be going back to the, the meeting where they're asking Homer what uh, what's he, what he plans to do. This is before the land of chocolate scene, and yeah. he's just got nothing. Yeah, I'm sure you have uh, lots of ideas. Yes, lots of ideas, yeah. such as. <laughs> <laughs> and what I didn't realize is I felt bad for Homer being fired, but it's a perfect business decision. <laughs> of course, this man is terrible at his job. <laughs> he spent ten minutes thinking about being in the land of chocolate. Mm. He deserves to be fired. Yeah, well, he did save the plant not too long ago by saying any money, money, money. Hey, hey, it worked. I'm not here to question methodology. Yeah, long I, get, just get the four points. Get results <laughs> exactly. Get the win. Just put the W up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we cut now to the home. Uh, the family is basically having to scrounge. Uh, the cat's eating carrot cat food. Yeah, eighty percent ash or something. Eighty-eight percent ash. Yeah, twelve percent. Uh, 12% carrots, and that is the end of my trivia questions. I was hoping you weren't going to notice oh, what that was. <laughs> Marge's hair. Yeah, but the way she comes in. Before that, though, 
the cat's reaction when it dumps into the bowl. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the cat's, even the cat's depressed. <laughs> oh, God. I got to get a new family. Yes. Yeah, so Lisa's given Marge a really bad haircut. Mm. I'm wondering if that was Twilight Zone inspired, by the way. Oh, Something know. about the one... And I was thinking back to it's the, uh, the episode that we already referenced in the, the Halloween review. Um, something about the way that camera movement happened. Like, it was a really deliberate camera action, and it kind of looked like her head was springing into scene as if she was a jack-in-box. Yeah, um, and, and the hair kind of had, like, a little jester hat vibe about it. Yeah, you're right. She walked in in a very... Not in a very normal way, did she? Yeah. Sort of like a grand entrance. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, like, it, it Meant to might be shocking, maybe? not have been anything. It might have just been that, that they were going for effect, but... Sometimes you watch something and go, oh, I don't know if that's referencing something, but I feel like it is. And I think they might have had like a little music score there, like a do 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 and then yeah. Bart's like, ay, caramba, like it was meant to be a big deal when she walked in. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Lisa's made a new bar of soap out of old bars of soap. Yeah. <laughs> which was genius. And Bart's decided to, everything Bart's done isn't right, but it's not illegal. <laughs> Yeah, so, so he's read the comics and left them in the store. Yeah. I think we've all read You them really mag- shouldn't do that. I think we've all been to a supermarket and thought, I don't really want to buy that magazine, but I really want to read that article. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So you take it to a different aisle, quickly read it, and then put it back. Yeah. <laughs> Not that anyone would possibly give a shit. No. Supermarket employees, for the most part, are 16 to 19-year-olds with far too much on their mind to care about what you're doing. I did get in trouble. I remember when I was a kid, and it was a wrestling magazine, and I remember it was a news agency. It was like the local one. Okay. And this dude just was not happy that I was reading this wrestling magazine. He was like, if you want to read that, you're going to have to buy it. I didn't know what to do. So <laughs> I just put it down and ran. Gave him the rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Through the table, yeah. Uh, so, where are we up to? So, Homer now is trying to fix the toaster with mm. a fork, and he's wondering why he's not the safety inspector anymore. Mm. That's, uh, that's actually a point that I didn't pick up on. Yes. He, he's, he's unsafe <laughs> you're, in the house as well. You looked at me blankly there. I'm like, is this the right episode? I'm like, have I said the right thing here? <laughs> <laughs> just for a brief second, I remember watching that. But just for a moment, my mind did go blank. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? His oh, ex- yeah, right. That happened. His exact quote is, who are the Germans to say I'm not safe? Yeah. Well, here's a fork in the toaster. Yeah. Oh, I was more sidetracked by Homer Stubble. He's been fired for one day and he's yeah. become disheveled and unkempt. <laughs> Um, then cuts to Burns living the high life, playing lawn bowls, I think it is. Is it lawn bowls? Uh, no, bocce ball. Bocce ball. Yeah. Yes. He specifically mentions that as one of the hobbies. He wanted to take up boxing, beekeeping, and bocce ball. I'm going to be honest. I don't exactly know what bocce ball is. Oh, right. That's okay. why I thought it must have been lawn bowls. It's a me. game that tends to be played by kind of... I think uh, I confused it with croquet, because croquet had, uses the hammer thing, doesn't I, it? I, yeah, croquet yeah. is with the hammer um, from... Alice in Wonderland. Mm. Or, yeah, flamingos, if you can't yeah, find yeah. a hammer. But no, croquet, uh, sorry, bocce ball tends to be played, I think, by like your European kind of Croatian-y types, or generally older types. Old people. Yeah, <laughs> older people. But so, it's it's like lawn balls, but rather than roll it along the ground, you give a, l- a little backhanded flick of the ball. So, you're throwing it, and the idea is to make it land as close to the jack as possible, maybe give it a bit of backspin so, so, so it'll spins, sort of yeah. land and stop. But he just goes straight up and down. Yeah, too soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too weak. Right? And the, the old guys, like, is it Abe, Jasper, and some other random old guy? Yeah. And they're just laughing at him. It was worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to see that the leaving the plant, it actually has had a positive influence on Mr. Burns' life. It just mm. seems refreshed. Yeah. It seems like he's very positive now. He's very happy with where he's going. However, Smithers isn't happy with the changes. He's calling Mr. Burns. Pretty much, it's like that scene... But in roles reverse, you know when Smithers goes away and Burns isn't happy that Smithers is away? In Home of the Smithers. In Home of the Smithers. It's it's virtually the same as that scene, just roles reverse. Yeah. Where Mr. Burns doesn't have time to talk to him. The Germans are also not happy 
as you said earlier, because, because they find that the plant is a death trap. Yes. <laughs> like, what did we buy? I love the guy that falls through the ceiling. Like, yes. little, like, yeah, radiation kind of drops, snaps a band, everything falls to shit. This guy comes in and just he's, he's like, mm. <laughs> like, like it's normal. Yeah. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I did find it funny. How did they get here? These guys were willing to hand over $100 million for a plant they clearly didn't inspect first. Yeah, yeah. Pest and building <laughs> inspection. Come on, guys. <laughs> Basics. Cut to burns with the bees. Here's a great subtle gay joke that I... Or not even subtle, but it's a gay joke that I'd never picked up on before. Yeah, I had because I made a... Uh, or every Smithers is gay. Yeah. Joke reference. Thing. Yeah. But um, before that, though, I just love, yes, make the honey for your children. <laughs> Fools! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so great. <laughs> this is like perfect Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> even, even bees he wants to take advantage of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, get to your reference. <laughs> uh, so Smithers rocks up there. Um, Smithers allergic. Uh, sorry, Smithers bee allergy. Apparently not as big a deal in this as well, it is in 22 short stories. We don't see his... Re- oh, I suppose it doesn't happen straight away. I think he does mention being stung He's in like, that we need, to, we need to leave because I'm being stung by bees, yeah. but he, his face isn't puffed yeah. immediately. <laughs> they, they cause me to um, die. die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, as Burns is showing him around the hive. That's Buzz. That's honey. Did you see that queen over there? Her name is Smithers. Smithers like, oh, very flat. Amazing. <laughs> so good. I, as a kid, you would never get that. No. No, not, not in a million years. Even, even as an adult, that probably passes over so many people's heads. A lot of people, yeah. Yeah. Unless you've seen Priscilla or uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. We get now to the Mo prank call. And this is one I completely forgotten about, B.O. Problem. Yeah, I same. don't remember this at all. Yeah. Ah, uh, B.O. Problem. B.O. Problem. Come on, guys. Do I have a B.O. problem here? You sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so Bart is happy with the prank call. Uh, but then Marge says that he has to now go to Mo Instantly, as soon as he hangs up. Yeah. And he can understand why he's, why he's worried yeah. about this. Well, it's right off the back of a threat. Yeah. yeah. And he's thinking Mo's going to remember my voice. Yeah. So he walks in. He's a bit nervous. I know that voice. Well, the, Bart makes a crucial tactical error by starting with, Hi, I'm looking for... Like, he, he oh, starts right, this yeah. conversation there exactly the same way he starts the prank calls. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that's yeah. obviously written just like that. Yeah. For that reason, yeah. But then, it's little Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so perfect. Oh, this scene is easily, I reckon, in my top 20 scenes of all time. I just think it's hilarious. Just Yeah. You know what the scene reminds me of? And I, it, just, it just occurred to me then, because I was watching it relatively recently. The scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where Roger... Is just dancing and singing and entertaining all the drunks in the bar. Yes. Almost identical. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a parody of it. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting. An homage. An homage, at yeah. the very least, or completely unrelated. Who knows? But yeah. I just love it. He's, he's a 10 year old, but he's singing. It's like that, you know, when Patty and Summer wanted to sing that Alouette? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. that, but he's singing like a, a toddler song, like yeah. Teddy Bear Picnic. But he's having a great time. He's just so well, into it. because it's obviously the song that he would have sung when he was that young. Like, exactly. it's been that time since most... Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's his flashback. He's getting to be a child again. Like, a, yeah. a younger child. Yeah. He's loving it. But it's... it's Not since up. he got to sing Armour Hot Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the build-up too. Like, the... And everyone's yeah. like, on his every word. Yeah. Like, they're like, side to side, yeah. you know, having a great time. Teddy bears have the picnic. Oh, man. I thought it was just great. <laughs> As we said before, it's just the joy of an innocent, innocent child. <laughs> it's this. It's also the joy of a sing song. Yes, yeah. it, that would have almost. I would have loved to have been a pirate back in the day, just singing your shanties. <laughs> it would have been amazing. You so you would like to live your life like a musical? 
Possibly, yeah. Like, just <laughs> just once I want choreographed dance to break out spontaneously in my life. Is it so much to ask? <laughs> you should do it once. <laughs> Somebody asked you a question at work. You know, I, <laughs> I can't... The closest that I ever came, I was in the toilets at, at... Like, I was, you know, I'd gone to the toilet and it was at a shopping centre, so there's music being piped in through the speakers. And it was the Cause song, Runaway. I would run away. Yeah. That one. So, I, I love the, the Cause are awesome, by the I'm way. I'm at the urinal, I finish up. As I come around, there's a guy... <laughs> Initials SV, gentleman that I currently work for, but at the time, uh, sorry, work with, but at the time, I, you know. On your lunch break, you work for, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at the time, um, only in bathrooms. I yeah. only while the cores are playing. At the time, I knew that, like, I'd known him, just bumped him new once or twice. But anyway, so I walk around, he's looking lovingly into the mirror as he's washing his hands, singing the cores, <laughs> just singing to himself. He didn't realize that there was someone else in there, I don't oh, think. Oh, wow. So I cover out, and there's this awkward moment where he sort of, like, looks up in the mirror and. He's looking into my eyes. Was through he singing, the singing? Yeah. Oh wow! So like he's going that. Oh, this is embarrassing. So I thought the only thing that I could do to help out was to sing along with him. So I just joined in, and we had like a little just for the for a moment. We just <laughs> shared this. Um, How many verses did you sing? I'm falling in love. Was that a different song? No, that's the one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've just seen how long you can go for. But <laughs> <laughs> not very clearly. But anyway, yeah, it was the most beautiful thing that ever happened. It's as close as I've ever come to a, to living a musical. I wish I got to experience something like that. I think we all want, every guy wants the 500 Days for Summer bit to oh, happen man, in your you, real life. All right, everyone listening, if you have not checked out 500 <laughs> Days of Summer dance sequence, fucking Holy do it. shit. Pause this right now and go do it. You've got to understand the setting of that scene in the movie. He's just... Got laid he's been with the girl. He's been wanting to date this that girl. That he's wanting for yeah. ages. And it finally happens. And he just walks out and he's so... It's a Bart Simpson. There's only one thing to do in a time like this. Strut. Yeah. Holy shit. It's the greatest sequence of film of all time. Like... Perfect song choice as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Looks into the car. Reflection. Hand solo. Hand solo. <laughs> Looking back at him. Fucking great. Oh. It starts so small. Like, it's just the occasional... <laughs> it, it, before it... I mean, it segues into utter fantasy, but it starts so gently. Like, it's just, you know, a couple guys sort of looking at him and giving a smirk. And you're like, that could happen. Like, they just, obviously, they're seeing the smirk. But then it turns into full high five. Throws the bag people, away. People throws are the bag coming away. up, shaking his hands. Cheering <laughs> like, off the crowd. It's the, and all the twist and shout. Yep. <laughs> it hits away a fake baseball. We've got to pause recording and watch it. <laughs> a, a live marching band. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to watch this once we finish recording. It's yep. something to look forward to. Yep. Fuck, it's great. Watch 500 Days of Summer if you haven't, by the way. It's a great it's movie. One of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's best. It's just one of those movies that you expect to be a chick flick, but it's a chick it's flick that not, for dudes. Yeah. It, even, I, I don't remember it word for word, but to paraphrase, it's the greatest opening title sequence of all time, where they have, yeah. um, you know, all of the people here, uh, any representation or any characters, you know, all characters are fictitious. Any characters that may represent someone are purely coincidental, especially whatever the name is, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I can fucking love that. Is there such thing as a dick flick, like a chick flick for dudes? Ooh. I don't know that I would ever want to call it a dick flick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's a male version of a chick flick. I think every male watching that can relate to him in some yeah, way. No, that um, um, high Fidelity would be the, the classic yeah. example that I would think of off the top of my head. Swingers is Ma- another maybe one. Maybe we'll do a review on 500 Days of Summer or something. We're getting way off track. Yep. It's, it's a great movie. You should check it out. So, getting back to The Simpsons. Uh, as you said, Homer's asleep the entire time while Bert, uh, Bart's singing the song. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, while Bart's singing... Mr. Burns comes past and he wants to hang out with middle class people. So, mm. he goes to check out this bar. It's like, hold your breath, Smithers, oh, we're Smithers. going in. Let's go slumming. Yes, yeah. So, he goes in and Homer just unleashes on him. I did yeah. like a little joke here though that 
Smithers is starting to speak German to him because Mr. Burns says, who is this guy? He's like, ah, sector seven. Ah, sector yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the, the, the Germans starting to have the influence on Smithers. Yeah. But Homer just pretty much just like his, confronts him, doesn't he? Watch me blend in. Everything everything Burns does in this scene, I love. It's so funny. Smithers, who is this saucy fellow? <laughs> this is also the best Simpson day. <laughs> this is the best written Burns we've had to date. Yeah. Easily. But um, yeah, do you want to discuss the scene where he confronts him? Unleashes, um, basically. Well, yeah, he does. And then Bart joins in. He gives it, like, did you get my letter? Letter? No, I don't recall. That's because I forgot to stab it back. Yeah. And then Burns with that was no accident. <laughs> <laughs> Smithers, we need to go. That was no accident. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, I mean, Homer basically, yeah, unloads it. Like, I've lost my job, so you could have another $100 million. But he has like, no right to because he's wrong. Yeah, he no, lost Homer, his job because he's bad at his job. That's very true. Homer, Homer's in the he wrong. He only had a job because Mr. Burns was willing to let an idiot run the safety department. Of well, that's very place. true. And then once competent people came in, he lost his job. Yeah. So, Homer is completely wrong in attacking yeah, Burns. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but he does point out to Burns the one thing that Burns craves more than money, and that's power. And given that Burns no longer is the boss, he has it. Like, Smithers, they don't fear me anymore. Yeah, they're not afraid of me. That's a great reason for Mr. Burns to want to get the plant back, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it's just perfect for his character. Yeah. He wants oh. everyone to fear him. Oh, there's something else that happens in this, by the way. Yeah? You, what is your favourite ever Mr. Burns moment? I know the answer to this, so you should be able to pick this. What is it? Smithers, I'm home. What, already? That's not my favourite. Yes. Yes. That's great. That's not but one of we, my favourite. Okay, but favorite. still, we get a yes in this bar. In when? this scene. It's, um, does your, I think I does your money it. keep you happy at night? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're right. I remember you fuck, yeah, I remember watching you thinking, oh, yes, that's a yes. Yeah. I remember, yeah, you're right. I completely skipped over that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. It's just so... Do you think people watching it at the time thought it was that funny? Uh, probably not. Or do you think looking back on it 20 years, their comedy is so shit now Actually, on television? No, I, no, the TV comedy, I did. The first time I thought something about that delivery, I just love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get that as my message tone. <laughs> Every time I get a text. Yeah. What about the, the picture we posted up on the Facebook page? Facebook.com slash four finger discount. The doctor appointment. Please reply yes or no. If you plan to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, but then the scene turns well when Homer doesn't quit after getting that. Yes. He turns into, well, you know, does your money hold you or keep you warm or something like that? And, th- and then again, tell we, you get, I love you. we get melancholy burns back. It's like, oh. Well, no, it doesn't. And he, for a moment, realises that there are more important things. Yep. Unfortunately, the more important things for him are absolute power and, and domination over he, his fellow man. He wants fear from everybody. Exactly. I mean, what's the line he's got here? I actually wrote it down. What good is money if you can't inspire terror in your fellow yeah. man? <laughs> <laughs> so, he's basically all guns blazing. He's going back to buy the plant. Hmm. The Germans, in the meantime, realise they want to sell the plant. Because oh, they this is it. a happy coincidence. Well, they, they realise it's going to cost another $100 million to fix it. Yeah. So, they're going to get out of it. You are desperate to buy and yeah. we are desperate to sell. I love that Burns goes in there. Pleading though, yeah, down Smith, on his knees. Smith, Smith, Smith puts, 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 puts yeah. the blanket down first. Please, 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 please. <laughs> <laughs> and then business burns snaps. He's like, "Oh, I have the upper hand here. Yeah, here's my offer: fifty million dollars." I was expecting it to say zero, and I'm like, oh, "If it says zero, that's no, that would have been yeah. ridiculous." But yeah, I just love his desperate eh? advantage burns. And then they, they obviously agreed to it, and they're like, "All right, Mister Burns, you win, but beware." We Germans aren't all smiles and sunshine. Ooh, the Germans are mad at me. I'm so scared. Ooh, the Germans. Uh-oh, the Germans stop are coming to get stop me. Stop sneezing, guys. Oh, don't let the Germans come after Please me. Please stop the pretending oh, you're know, scared, the Germans are coming after me. The animation of Smith is here laughing. He's just laughing it up. He's absolutely loving the fact that Burns is just not intimidated by the Germans yeah. at all. 
and then it cuts to Mr. Burns getting his office back because mm-hmm. it's been turned into the daycare. I love that he makes a child cry. Yeah. <laughs> he wakes him up. Get out. This is my office now. Get out. You too. This is a place of business, not a peewee flop house. Mr. Burns pretty much is taking control of the power plant back and he goes to rehire Homer. Smithers is like, why? What's the reason? Uh, keeps his friends close and his enemies closer. Because he wants to eventually, you know, let one day a, crush him. Give him a false sense of, you know, safety and then bang. Yeah. He's going to lose his job. Cuts to Homer, I got my job back. He's so happy. So it's just yeah. a really good way to end the episode. I think it was really well written. It was a lot better than what I, expe- I remembered it being. Honestly, as a kid, if that episode came on, I skipped it. I never really, didn't really find it very funny, laugh out loud funny. Going back now, it's a very, very clever episode that never really cuts out laughs. Like, it never stops. It's just laugh, 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 laugh. Yeah. I enjoyed it more than Flaming Moe's, to be honest. Yeah, okay. I know it's not as iconic as Flaming Moe's. I think Flaming Moe's is more wacky. This does have wacky moments, like the uh, the landed chocolate scene and stuff like that. Mm. But I just think the, the humor in this episode is so much more clever than that of Flaming Moe's. Yeah, and probably more poignant as well. Yeah. Particularly in Geelong at this, in, at this time. And right? it gives us something different. I know that... Well, with Flaming Moe's, we did get a side of Moe that was really funny, but this one, I think that the way they wrote Burns was just, it was more, uh, I don't know, I'm not used to seeing Burns like this. I don't think we've mm. seen like this at all much. Maybe in, what's the Bobo one? Uh, Rosebud. Yeah. We've seen Vulnerable there, but very rarely do we see Burns vulnerable after the first few seasons. Yeah, uh, that's I just, true. I just really liked how his character was established in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool dynamic. It sums it up really well. Now, we asked for people's uh, comments on what they liked most about the episode on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash discount. Now, there's one that caught your eye from Emily Davis, wasn't it? There was. Um, uh, and it was one of those moments that I had, like, it was a nice little visual in the background as um, Smithers learning how to speak not just German, but sycophantic German, learning translations for things along the lines of, that's an excellent tie you're wearing today, sir. Which, it, like, it, it's... I just love it. It's coming when he's made that decision that he needs to transition away from Mr. Burns and you get this idea that he's just... It's not just that he's super devoted to Mr. Burns. He just loves being super devoted to whoever his boss is. Yeah. That's so ingrained in his nature. He's a great PA. Yeah. There's a lot of people here commenting how much they like the um, the land of chocolate scene, which is obvious. Yeah. And Homer and- taking a big bite out of the dog. Not my favourite moment of Homer taking a bite out of something, though. For me, it's um, Homer taking a bite out of the pig when he's trying to get up to 300 pounds. I was going to say, you can do it, old boy. Yeah, that's <laughs> the spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the thanks everyone that commented. We can't get through them more. Obviously, we'll be sitting here forever. But uh, facebook.com slash forefinger discount. Just before we record each week, we'll put a post up asking for your response. And the best responses will be read out. So, thank you to Emily Davis. You won this week. Thank you. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn in this episode, Mitch? Uh, keep your wrists supple when playing bocce. Is that what they tell him to say? Yes. <laughs> I didn't think about that. No, that, that's their tip. Keep your wrists supple, Burnsy. <laughs> but do you think they'll set you up for a downfall, though? No, no, I think cause you, it's all about the flick in bocce. Have you played bocce before? I, I, I have a vague... You seem like a bocce player. If oh, I don't know what bocce is. I'm just, an expert. It just, it just seems like something you're good at. I, I watch bocce all the time on ESPN8, the Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a chess player to me. Do you play much chess? I've never... You know the thing? I would love to have played chess, but I've never known anyone... That would play with me. I have like, Simpsons chess. Okay. But I've never opened it. Really? Yeah, I just got it as a kid and because no one ever... No one knows how to play chess. Exactly. This is the problem in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> For every person that knows how to play chess, nobody else does. And as a kid, I just thought, well, if I never open it, it'll be worth more when I'm older. Mm. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. And I learned that if you force jigsaw pieces enough, yeah. it will eventually fit. Yes. Jigsaw pieces and relationships alike. <laughs> Don't give up out there, gentlemen. If you bully them enough, they'll, yeah. they'll accept. Holy shit, by the way, speaking of relationships, my uh, a friend of mine... He's finished? Hey? 
Oh, I thought you said your relationship is finished. No, 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 no. Mine's going strong. <laughs> a friend of mine is on the Tinder at the moment Ooh. and has sent me through no less than four screenshots of people in the local area where the mutual likes is coming up as four-finger discount. You sent me a screenshot of this? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. It's tremendous. I've never, I love this. I don't have Tinder. I've never used it, so I don't understand what that means. Well, like, it connects through to your Facebook. So, uh, like, so as like in... The li- they like the page. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, if people like our page... Or any page, basically. So, yeah. But if, if you like the page and there's another girl out there that likes that same thing, it'll come up saying mutual fr- um, sorry, mutual likes or mutual interests. It also says mutual friends, which I'm not a big fan of. I feel like Tinder needs to be as isolated and as discreet as possible. Imagine, imagine if we were single, right? We could get anybody if they had a mutual interest in four-figure discount. Well, we are fucking four-figure discount. Well, dudes at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of them. I don't know how many women are out there with it. If there's a woman out, a woman out there who uses Tinder and has four-figure yeah. discount. But there? here's the thing. I think we need to set up like a fake Tinder account to lure these men in. So, like, we'll have Selma or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, who's hot? We're going to have Kashmir. Kashmir, maybe Krabappel. Krabappel will be on Tinder. She'll be all over it. Yeah. She'll be the poster girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Should we get into some trivia? Uh, well, mine's done. So okay. Well, mine yeah. was, as I said, what were the new number plates of the power plant? Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I know one of them was sell high. No, buy low. Yeah, buy low. Okay, damn. I, well, I knew it was yeah, one of those yeah, things. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's what you win if you get first division? If you win first at the pokies or something, it's mm. the uh, jackpot. Jackpot. Yep. Gotcha. And the other one, I was going to say, it's me rich. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to guess. Me, Rich. Well, that's the trivia for this week, folks, because you've heard all the rest of them apparently throughout the episode. Yep. What, what were your trivias again? Uh, what was the cat food made yeah, out 80% of? 88% yep. ash and 12% carrots. And uh, who voiced the stockbroker? Phil Hartman. Uh, Phil Hartman, of course. Okay. Yeah. It was an episode that didn't have a lot going on behind the scenes. There's one thing about this one. It was There wasn't yeah. a lot to delve into in the way of backstory outside of the Hershey Highway thing. There was really bugger all. From a production standpoint, there were a few things, like for the land of chocolate and stuff, like the Hershey Highway, but... Mm. When it comes to the characters, there wasn't much, was there? No. No. Not massively. Javale! Javale is here! Ooh! Now, we have a couple of My Two Cents, or a few of them that were sent in this week. We're going to say one of them. So, if you sent one in this week, have no fear. Don't it, stress. We will get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. But if you like to send in a story, a My Two Cents story, just a story saying how much you love the show, how much you love The Simpsons, we may or may not read it out. So, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We do read every single email that comes through. Isn't it nice to be at a point where we can say... We will, like, we may or may not read it out, as opposed to, ple- like, we have always been saying, oh, we get so many, we might not read them out. It's never been true. <laughs> <laughs> For the first four or five months on the show, <laughs> there was an awful lot of made-up M- questions. Mitch was just writing questions down. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I'm, all, I'm done as far as made-up questions go, so I need you guys to keep sending them in, because <laughs> I'm stretched to my limit. So, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Please send your questions through. We do have lots of questions coming through at the moment. If they're shit questions, I'm telling you, we ain't going to read them out. That's true. You know what we need to do? We need to come up with an auto-reply. I've already it got it set up. Oh, okay. Not, well, not that it doesn't reply yet, but I'm, I've already got it ready. Yeah. We're just going to put in what it's going to say. We need to... Uh, we'll do like a big... Can I write it? Yeah. Can I put... Uh, good. It's just, that's all you need to do. That's just need to put, we just need to fill in the gap of yeah. what it says. You know what I'll do? <laughs> this is my... We can do it for Facebook as well. Okay. So, I, um, I'll, give a, I'll give the listeners an idea of what they might be up for. It should be, gone, it appears he's gone fishing, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, this was based off of Steve Martin, who used to give form letters out 
when people would write in. Like, there's this story. It's good. You can look it up. Look up Judd Apatow's letter to Steve Martin as a kid and then the letter that he got back from Steve Martin. Yeah. It's hilarious. So, it's just this typed form letter with a few spaces where Steve would handwrite one or two ah, words yeah. in there. So, I thought I would take that idea and do that for Christmas. Because, you know, at, at the end of every Christmas, whenever someone... Like, people change your mobile phone, so you always get this Merry Christmas or Happy New Year at the end of the year from numbers that you don't have saved. So, I deliberately sent like the most vague message imaginable that my friends who do have my number saved would find it funny. But then for anyone else, they would just be like, what the hell is going on? So, um, it was dear blank. You have been selected from Mitch's phone book for... Oh, this is the other thing because it's always messages that they try to pretend is personal. But, like, it's just... Obviously, they've sent it out to their phone book. Yeah. You've been selected from Mitch's phone book for a message of Christmas cheer. Congratulations! By receiving this, you can be sure I've helped or in some way been amused by you this year. I thank you and wish you the best of luck to do the same in 2013. Best wishes to your family. I love you, especially you. P.S. I'll never forget that time we shared hunting salmon in Costa Rica. I think you sent a similar one this year, did you not? I think uh, I got something like that from Chris- at Christmas time from you. Uh, yeah, let me see. If it wasn't that. Hey, find. man, thanks for being my co-host for the last twelve months. It's hey, generic person. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a 2014 one, uh, dear. You've been selected for Mitch's phone book for a message of Christmas cheer. For some of you, this is the second year. For others, the first. Welcome to the family. Congratulations! By receiving this, you can be sure I've been helped or in some way amused by you this year. I thank you and wish you uh, the best of luck to do the same in 2014. Best wishes to your family. I love you, especially you. I sincerely hope your health holds up this year and was pleased to hear that your rash had cleared up in time for your recital. P.S. I'll never forget the time we shared fighting wildebeest together in the provinces of Qualuzo. Uh, ah, the memories. Well, I didn't get that one because we didn't even know each other at that point. I must have another one further well, there, through. There's one thing, though, that we haven't acknowledged <laughs> yet on this episode. What's that? Oh, months. yeah. Happy anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking about time you acknowledge it, motherfucker. Uh, I'm sorry. I'd forgotten <laughs> Yeah, it's been 12 months since we launched the podcast. Thanks yeah. to everyone who's jo- jumped on board. It's pretty, it's a pretty big deal. You know, we've grown to 70,000 followers on Facebook and we're reaching millions of people each week, thousands of downloads each week. I didn't expect that in the first year. No. God, no. Like, you have high expectations, but not even you could have expected that. No, no, because as, as much as I'm confident in what we can produce, I also know that I'm nobody and you're nobody mm. so who the fuck's looking for us on the internet like yeah. that that bit you know and uh, christ i was expecting us to be at 10 percent of where we are we have gone from a show that we were happy to get well not happy but we were just accepting the fact that we were getting 100 downloads a week mm. that was like not a big deal but we were like okay you know 100 people listening to us it's that's more cool. than i was more than i would have thought we had two or three recurring people that were sending in questions for the show. Mm. Like, at least we've got people that are waiting for the, for the show. Yeah, people are paying attention. There was a point in time where we were saying, if we can get a thousand likes, we'll do this. Mm. We have 70,000. We're still waiting on your tattoo. <laughs> I was thinking today of what I could get. I, I'm, I'm, Dignity. I'm, I'm, I, that's why we could post that picture. Yeah. Up, but I am going to get one. I've just got to decide. Okay. It'll be soon, though. Yeah, yeah. I've got a $150 tattoo voucher. Yeah. So I've got to use it. Within, I've got to use it by August. So I'm going to get one. Okay. So maybe mailbag at four finger discount. You're going to the states later on in the year. Oh, yeah, could, I was supposed to mention that as well. Yeah. You could hook up with like one of the Simpsons animators and maybe get them to draw it fresh on you. That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Okay. I'm actually going to do that. Yeah, that'd be fucking great. Yeah, because I'm Nicola and I were going on our honeymoon finally mm. after like three and a half years of marriage. So we're going to go to LA. I've spoken to Nikki. And she said that she may or may not be able to get us into the studio. Fingers wow. crossed. How fucking cool Maybe I'll be? have to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I don't think it's fair that you get to go and I don't. <laughs> you can jump on board if you want to. 
I also because you've been there already. Simpsons World, Springfield, yeah. Universal Studios. Well, it wasn't as it is now when I went though. Ah, uh, okay. It was more. Of, it was a smaller scale. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to go there as well. There'll be pictures galore. But have no fear. We're going to still be doing the podcast. We're just going to record them weeks in advance mm. because I can't do the podcast from the states. So get lots of mailbag questions in because yes. that'll be the one difficulty with recording like yeah. two two months in advance. You know, only having several weeks of questions. Yeah, so mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Send it in. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you haven't sent in before, we love getting messages from new from new listeners or people who just haven't sent in before. We love hearing yep. from you guys. So, as we said, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Now it's time to actually read some shit out. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, what have we got? Well, we're going to have to swap seats. Oh, okay. Dando's in front of the mailbag. Okay, so we're in front of the computer now. I'm on, I'm on my knees. The magic of radio. I usually am in front of the, on my knees. I've teleported across. The room feels so different from over here. Does it look better? Um... It's comfier over that side, isn't it? It is comfier <laughs> over that side, actually. I was able to put my feet up. Week made thank you is the subject lines from a Bradley J, old BJ himself. This is a huge message, by the way. It is. This Are is you the, first time the whole thing out. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite long. Let's just get to his question. We're gonna yeah, we'll skip straight to the question, and Brad maybe we'll try and find some time to just reply to the rest of what's going on in this. Yep. But uh, so Brad's a merchandiser, traveling along the road, listening to the podcast all day. It, it kind of. I mean, how much do we have out there in the way of content? We've been doing this for a year. This is what was it, about the 56th, 57th episode. Yeah. Of, okay. uh, so, what does that take? Like two weeks to listen to everything? We'd have at least... Well, for the last, say, 50 episodes have been at least an hour long. Mm. So, you would say... I'd say oh, 60 hours worth of content at least. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. So, we've got him through at least a month. Uh, like, this is the thing. Like, how much can you listen to us before you have to start repeating and listening to us again? Yeah. What uh, Brad's question is, mostly, yeah, is if we were to have a John Favreau-esque dinner for five party with five Simpsons guest stars. Now, for people, I'm sure I've spoken about this on the podcast, but if you haven't seen it, Dinner for Five was this really cool series that the director, John Favreau, would do, where he would just get five celebrities, they would, or actors, directors, whatever it might be, and they would just talk over dinner and they would film it they'd have four or five different cameras on and then over the course of obviously they spend a couple hours there they edit that down to like 20 minutes of the most interesting parts of conversation you get this really cool kind of laid back approach where they drop their guard which is you know really fun to watch so if we were to do that with five simpsons guest stars who would they be to add a few parameters whilst the guest stars would be there in the flesh they would be communicating exclusively as your favorite guest character to mix it up, uh, he'll avoid the obvious yet amazing choices. Mr. Bergstrom, Hank Scorpio, Jay Sherman, etc. His five would be Meryl Streep as Jessica Lovejoy, John Waters as John, Beverly D'Angelo as Lurleen Lumpkin, Susan Sarandon as the ballet teacher, and if death was no obstacle, Johnny Cash as the space coyote. Uh, actually, you know what? You can't pass up Dustin Hoffman, so dinner for six it is. Fantastic question, Brad. So, we've got to come up... Makes us think outside the box. So, the actor's sitting there at the table, but communicating to us exclusively in character. So, I'm assuming you would have to have Carl in there. Carl, yeah, absolutely. So Harvey Feierstein? Harvey Feierstein in there as Carl. He's sitting front and centre, holding my hand through the entrees. If we can't get Hank Scorpio, what Albert Brooks character can we have? Jacques? Yeah, yeah, okay. Jacques would be cool. (laughs) Um... Jacques would be great for ordering and getting the attention of the waiter. Yeah. <laughs> Four onion rings! <laughs> Roger Myers Jr.? I don't know, maybe. Um, yeah, no. Oh, 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 um, the, the lovely, delightful Joe Montaigne as Fat Tony. Oh, yeah. Well, are we going to include him? Uh, Phil Hartman, we can't really include his characters. We, we avoid the obvious ones. Yeah, but is Joe... Well, Fat Tony's a recurring character. 
And he's just a gentle giant. Well, he's been on the show. How can yeah. I not invite him yes. to, for dinner for five? Oh, in that case, Troy McClure, uh, Lionel Hart. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Herbert Powell, that'd be a good one. Danny, Danny DeVito as Herb. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like Danny would know his way around a menu as well. Like, you reckon? <laughs> I reckon he, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, as himself. Oh, actually, No. <laughs> <laughs> no. about it? About I it? thought about it for a second. Dale no. Strawberry. <laughs> um, you know who we need to have? Who's that? We okay. So we we're going to say Sideshow Bob is is excluded. Yep. Uh, David Hyde Pierce, as Cecil. I was thinking about that, but I thought he's also a bit of a dick. He'd make me feel what? Se- oh, Cecil's a dick. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't care as long because like I I've been watching a lot of Frasier of late, and David Hyde Pierce is one of the funniest fucking men to have walked this planet. Yeah. So I was just I'd love to have him at a party being. That being kind of contemptuous and looking down his nose at all the food and everything that was going on. What about Mindy Simmons? A um, little bit of sex appeal. A bit of action table. afterwards. Yeah. Well, well. We're bit. not married in this hypothetical. I just want to thank God for that. <laughs> okay. A little bit um, under the table. So we're just Sam through- and and Ted Danson as Sam alone um, serving drinks. Well, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> okay. maybe not at the table, but okay. he just gets in there. What about oh, Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, you wouldn't get a word in. Though. No, no, <laughs> you wouldn't care though. Would you? No, that's true. It'd yeah. be the funniest dinner for five of all I'm time. I'm just going to sit here and let you speak. <laughs> okay, so how? So we've got Rodney Dangerfield. He's the one where we kind of get away with it in that Rodney Dangerfield is just being Rodney Dangerfield, even yeah. though he's being Larry Burns. Yep, yep. So suck on that one. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just a few there. I think we got through five. I'm assuming. I think that would be a pretty goddamn good party. Yeah, that'd be great fun. So yeah, yeah that's an answer to your question, Bradley. Thank you for writing in. So mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Do you want to get into your two cents story or another question for now? Um, well, actually, we've got an answer from a question that we posed last week that's been sent in from Susie Pline. We okay. were checking if any women were listening. Yes, we uh, were, actually. Yeah, she sent in, slumber parties. She sent in, are you really so out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. Exactly right. Uh, so, slumber parties. Um, we she says. She says, didn't play that kind of game predicting husbands or whatever, but there was lots of truth or dare, which usually centred on who do you love. Ooh. Um, I'm assuming, did girls and boys still play spin the bottle? Does that happen? I don't know. I don't go to slumber parties, man. Interested to know if that still takes place. Yet it never landed on who you wanted it to land on. I just took anything. <laughs> and then I th- it was worse when it landed on yourself. You're like, oh. But yeah, so not not predicting husbands, but definitely discussing boys would would happen. Um, her friends and uh, and herself would watch sappy movies like the Titanic at two a.m. and bawl their eyes out. And stupid ladies throwing the thing over into the ocean. Yeah. I've got Titanic in 3D, but... Have you ever heard... Uh, oh, I saw that in 3D. I watched the re-release. It's really funny. Yeah. It's like Billy Zane's hilarious in that movie. Yeah, I know. Have you ever heard what the original ending of that was going to be? Because they could change it. Yeah, there's a... There's, oh, there's an not alternate... an ending on the blue, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, so the... Don't ult- tell me you haven't watched it yet. No, there's one line in there that's great. The alternate ending... I mean, the Titanic obviously still yeah, yeah. sinks, but it's it, it's handled differently when she reveals the heart of the ocean. Um, so like she, everyone kind of rushes to stop her from throwing it, and she just tosses it over the edge anyway. And then he's like one of the cameramen on the side. His his line, his genuine dialogue is, "That really sucks, lady." <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the beard. Yes. Yes, I knew it would be him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so great. Like I just, I would have paid any money to see that happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Susie also says that yes, Jinx is still a thing apparently. Yeah. Um, it's just as annoying as a parent as it was when it was a kid. Apparently, she's got a kid named Addy. Addy, yeah. And she's like, I'm not playing games with you, Addy. And she punches her in the arm. And runs away. Yes. Uh, apparently, jinx doesn't apply under a roof. No, I always played those rules, so you can't you can't jinx under a roof. Can't you? No, but I'm pretty sure you have to claim that early. Ah, uh, okay. So, it's jinx, can't jinx under a roof. And Too then much there was, shit like, to remember, There man. was personal jinx. I think that's if you say if you say your name 
or something like that. So, that's right. Personal. So, jinx means anyone else has to say your name. However, personal jinx means only I can say your name. Man, too much shit to me. It's like, me. Yeah, I feel like I'm in that scene from Dumb and Dumber. You're right. <laughs> Quitsies, any quitsies, no double startsies. My favorite scene from Dumb and Dumber. Do you want to hear the most annoying sound <laughs> in the world? <laughs> so, let's get into... I'm Kent Brockman and that was my two cents. So, the my two cents this time, this isn't making fun of someone. This is like amazing levels of ingenuity. Cameron McCormick has written this in who witnessed a homeless gentleman fashion himself some satay noodles um, in a McDonald's. So... He was sitting at McDonald's in, in Sydney, coming in with it, uh, asking for a cup of water. Can, can uh, I say, though, is this a guy being cheap or just making the best of a situation? No, that's what I mean. So, I'm not, when, I'm, I'm not in any way oh, yeah, that, making yeah, yeah. fun of him for being cheap here. This is just someone that clearly doesn't have a lot of money. And genius way and, he handles himself. And, you know, sure, you could just have crappy, magi instant chicken noodles, but he's taken it to the next level. So, this is vital information for university students out yeah. there. Uh, anyone else that might just be trying to stretch their dollar. Um, so, he's asked for, corrected himself and said that he wanted hot water, not cold. He got the hot water, I'm assuming from the barista, went over to the table where he had an empty used Chinese food container on it, pulled out a pack of noodles, put them in the container with the hot water. So, he's got it like a, a just a fresh pack of noodles, popped them in the container with the hot water. He's then pulled out a nearly empty jar, nearly empty jar, this is the important part, of peanut butter. Poured the noodle hot water into it and shook it rapidly for a solid few minutes, then poured the peanut butter butter broth over his noodles um, and then began to chow down. So, he's made himself a tasty little, you know, um, satay out of it. And what I like the most about it is that the commitment to this meal means you need to spend probably a good six weeks eating nothing but peanut butter to be able to get your jar down to the point that you've only got peanut butter remnants. Unless you found it in the bin. Well, maybe. That that puts it's a dark, but slightly, could be true. slightly sadder story. Yeah, well, yeah, it could be true. But let, let's pretend that he's just gone, I'm buying that jar of peanut butter. And Way to ruin si- it, Dan. And in six weeks' time, I'm going to have an amazing noodle feast. It is genius. Mm. And you'd be, it's, like, it's like a car crash. You'd be watching it, but you just you can't look away. Yeah. Like, what, what, what's he doing now? Yeah. That's fucking genius. Yeah. Cameron then goes on to badmouth MacGyver. Uh, saying that, uh, so, like I said, this is in no way to pay the fun out. It's like, just no. like, goddamn, the guy has some sweet ingenuity. He was probably inspired MacGyver, who I've heard is gay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then we then saw Cameron hanging from a, roof, a light pole. All right. So, do you want to get into a um, a way to end the podcast on a nicer My Two Cents story or a funnier one? Okay. One that doesn't bring the party down. Think of a, a guy yeah, okay. going through the bins to be able to eat. Well, he wasn't going through the bins until you said that. <laughs> I had the man buying his peanut butter and having tasty sandwiches for six weeks. And you just went, well, maybe he's gone through the bins. He probably The, the noodles are probably I'm just... I'm a realist. ...strands of hair and regret. Get into Philip Hawkins' story. <laughs> Philip Hawkins has written in uh, with the cheapskate story as well. So, we went out for dinner many years ago with a group of friends. At the end of the meal, everyone chucks cash in, including tips. Well, this guy's terrible, by the way. Oh, this is, this is the lowest of low. <laughs> One bloke, no names, probably Steve Buscemi, um, a friend of a friend, <laughs> offers to pay for it on his credit card. Always be... I, I, I admit, I've done this from time to time where I've gone out and I don't have cash on me, but you've got to be wary and make sure they're trustworthy when they do this. He pocketed the entire tip. So, he's paid for it on the card. He's only paid the price of the meal and then he's put the tip in his pocket. You can't fucking do that. That's awful. I know we don't tip in Australia. He's getting a but- free meal. His friends are paying for his food. Pretty much, but not only that, he's screwing the waitress out of her yeah, money. Like, yep. that's just, it's not on. Nope. Gave him the benefit of the doubt. They went out again. He did the exact same thing again. Well, he so, tried to. 
well, he tried to until Phil came to the rescue. Tried pulling the exact same trick. So he grabbed the cash off the table, counted the exact amount, handed it to him, and then left the tip on the table for the waitress. Needless to say, he hasn't been invited to dinner since. He certainly would not be at our dinner for five party, that's oh, for sure. Unless he does a really good impersonation of... Which character? Hank Scorpio? Unless Hank Scorpio's not allowed. Unless he does a really good impersonation of... Uh, Mr. Brown from Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I don't tip because society says I have to. He's just, he's just we've not been invited. Here, we've been here a long fucking time. She's only filled my coffee three times. I want to fill six times. Philip, I want to know. Well, is I don't this know. Guy's... Maybe she's too busy. The word's too fucking busy. She shouldn't be in a waitress's <laughs> vocabulary. Sorry. <laughs> Philip, if you are still friends with this person, we want to know. Like, Obviously, you don't invite him to parties or to dinner, but could you still be friends with a person that did that? That was willing to take the money from the, t- the tip jar no, not themselves. in the same way. It's not like I'd stop talking to them and or anything like that, but it would be one of those ones I've gone, oh, you're not who I thought you were. I've got, I've got a cheapskate story. Oh, okay. It's a person at my work. I won't name any names, right? And I'll just say they. Okay. Mm. So, we had pizza day at the end of the year. Oh, you told me about this off air a few weeks ago. You were so mad. Oh, man. Do I have a right to, though, don't you? <laughs> so, the way it goes is everyone pays $10 and gets their own pizza. Okay, so you write your name down, what pizza you want, it comes delivered. Yeah. This person said, I don't want a pizza, I don't get. I don't eat pizza, I don't want it, blah, 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 whatever, whatever excuse, you're just cheap, you don't want to buy a pizza, that's fine. Yeah. Their reasoning was that it was because they only wanted a small, not a large, they didn't want to pay the $10 discounted price for a large, they only wanted a small, and we said, we're only getting larges because it's discounted because of the big order, they didn't want it, fine. Everyone eats their pizza and leaves their leftovers in their boxes in the fridge to keep it fresh. I honestly didn't even know they made pizza in small. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what would be the point? So, the person doesn't get a pizza, right? We all finish. We put our pizzas in the fr- fridge to keep it fresh. This person then goes to the fridge whilst everyone has gone to work, gets an empty box and gets pieces out of oh. each box, puts it in their own, then takes it to their own personal little no. locker, right? And takes it home for their kids. I don't like Their justification. That. Well, everyone was finished. No, no, we fucking weren't. That was our leftovers. But they thought that they didn't have to order a pizza. They'll just wait till everyone's finished, then grab our fucking leftovers, put it in their own box, and take it home to feed the kids. Times are pretty tough at Ford, Dando. And no, <laughs> it's not, this person, their partner, also works at Ford. They mm. own three houses. Well, I hope this has voided them for any payout that they're getting when the factory shows to, shuts down. <laughs> it's just like we we're watching this person do it, and we're like, are they fucking? No. No. Stop the cars. <laughs> stop manufacturing. E-stop. E-stop. <laughs> but um, yeah, they got caught and they got in trouble for it. They had a bit of a word spoken to them. But Not really. Yeah. HR came down. Pizza gate. <laughs> it was just put the pizza back. Yeah. Basically, they had to put the pizza back because this was our pizza that we paid for. And I was taking it, th- assuming that we were finished. Why was it in the fridge? Store? Anyway, it just outraged me. Fucking cheapskates. Anyway, that's my two cent story for this week. It's great pizza bandit. Yes, yeah, so uh, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Please send in your my two cent story. You say that you had a meat lover's tiff. <laughs> Continue. Continue while <laughs> I do the outro. Sing some Brian Adams for us again, will you? <laughs> Did we get any feedback on that? I oh, people loved it. Susie Pine said she absolutely loved it. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I don't think. Um, uh, you know the one that I didn't give was if you want to be bad then you got to be good. Yeah. That, that was that was a mistake on my part. Only thing that looks good on what's on that? Yeah, that's that. The only thing that looks good on me is you. Oh, okay. And it's got like this little twang in there. It's like wow wow wow. Brian Adams is the man. Don't look good in so, no money suits. Thanks for listening to our review of what's it called? Uh, uh Burns for Craft and the Craftwork. Yes. <laughs>
It's so much fun. <laughs> say that out loud. No matter where you are right now, say it as loud Burn, as you can. Burns for craft and the craft but How good is it? You can't say it without a smile on your face. I have to say it like that guy that um gets the paintings in the Flying Hellfish. Time yeah. to see Hanbok or something. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he says. I can't remember. Hey, Dunkoff. Yeah. <laughs> something idiot. <laughs> anyway, so thanks for listening to our review of Burns for Craft and the Craft. Work. hope you enjoyed it. Please uh, send your questions to mailbag at fourfingerdiscap.com.au. Please rate and review us in the iTunes store. That is very, very important. Take two minutes out of your day to do it. So go to iTunes, Four Finger Discount, rate us five stars and drop us a review. Helps us boost up the ratings. Also follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod, at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. Also follow us on YouTube now. We've got plenty of subscribers coming through every, each and every day. So We do. We've really got to fix that inbox up. Yeah, I know. YouTube.com slash Four Finger Discount to subscribe to us every, on there. Every time something happens on YouTube, every time someone's... Almost, it feels like every time someone looks at the video, but every time someone subscribes or comments, an email comes through and... Fuck me, does it happen a lot? <laughs> <laughs> Our best of Millhouse video already has 70,000 views yeah. in a month. It's going crazy. So, um, yeah, plenty more videos also on the Facebook page as well. Facebook.com slash discount. But please, most importantly, spread the word about the show. Tell your friends if they like The Simpsons. Tell them about the podcast. It's the best way to, to if everyone to find out about the show and hopefully enjoy it. And it's the best way to, to, for your friends to realize that you're a better person than they probably thought you were. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yes. So, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Mitch, any final words? The only thing that looks good on me is you. <laughs> I'm going to put the twang in. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Bye, guys. Shh.